everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Don't drink red. Oh, now we're recording. Now we were, we were live anyway, but we weren't recording. Um, yeah, just don't drink red. Ooh. No. She was like, have Call a little shot. Just have a little shot. If you, if you need to show up, like, have a little shot. Have a little shot of whiskey. That's such old school parenting advice. Okay. Um, your, um, your weekend photo dump was very un-Emma. I know. Not something I was expecting, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we need to talk about your snowwoman. Yeah, made a snowwoman. Actually, watched something. Chloe, you have to watch it. Ah! You've completely changed. I know. I'm a different person. Who? Where's Emma, and what have you done with her? Oh my god, it blew my mind. And also. Zoe was like, oh, do you want to like, do you want to go do something? I was like, no, 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 I need to watch the end of this. And then I kept bringing it up in conversation. I, I could tell that she was like, let's move on. And I was like, but how, how did that happen? And what do you think? What, what did you watch? I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that slide. It was called um, The Bad Surgeon. And it was wow. about the surgeon who, who uh, replaced a lot of people. Well, a lot, like people's windpipes with like, this plastic windpipe that was a drama or or a documentary oh this is a real life documentary i think that's why i liked it yes it was real anyway yeah he was replacing these windpipes with plastic windpipes that were meant to be like soaked in stem cells so they just like incorporate into your neck kind of thing but none of them worked but the like the maddest part and like having worked in science i'm like oh that would never like you just kind of think that would never happen one most doctors any good doctors even surgeons are like surgery is the last option like yeah. you, you want to avoid it at all costs right so I always kind of think that doctors are predisposed to that but like some of these people there was one woman who just was a bit phlegmy like there was nothing wrong with her then she got put in the, this plastic windpipe and then died like all of them did died die? hmm? did they all die they I think there was like one person by the end of the documentary that was known to be still be alive, but only because he had it taken out and then like they managed to fix his esophagus or something. What, yeah, what exactly did they die of? Like complications of the surgery. Yeah. Like one woman was like rotting from the inside. It was horrendous, yeah. But what was mad is that it was done at the Karolinska, which is like the best hospital in the world, where the Nobel Prize is from, blah, blah, blah. And so obviously it had been through like ethical approval and blah, blah, blah. But what's interesting when you look at like underlying the lie behind it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And you can see how it happens. Like what, but once you realize, like once it was drawn to the attention of the people at the Karolinska that there wasn't actually any animal research on it, they couldn't then be like, oh yeah, we didn't even look. Like that would be such an oversight that they had to kind of double down on the lie. Okay. I have just a couple of questions, okay? Okay. Did the people who were having it put in know the statistics of those who had gone before? Or did it take eight years for it to... So it was more like this man, it was mostly about this man, right, who also had like five different wives, but he was very charming. Oh. So or like the surgeon comes along and is like, this is going to work for you. I've been doing it with other patients. Like, and he claims that it's been a success. And did he know that they were all dying? Yeah. And did was it intentional? Was he like a psychopath? I don't think it was. It was more like he was like, oh, well, it's new research. So, you know, some, you know, won't always work right at the start. Like the first heart transplant probably didn't work. That kind of thing. That was like his narrative. But yeah, it was, it was mega scary. In the end, he only got done with, like not even manslaughter it was like I don't know grievous bodily harm or something and was and he's been in jail for like two years and that's it over and over and over and over and over again that's not grievous bodily harm that's like at, at best gross negligence and grievous bodily harm like yeah. and manslaughter it's re it was real bad 
Oh my God, Emma. Well, well, well done. Cause you relayed the story and got me all woo, shook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Health and fitness. Yeah. Oh, I made a mistake on Instagram the other day. Not like the other one with the creatine thing. I just, do you ever just sometimes read a question and then answer it and you don't look at like the detail of it? It's just some girl. You're like, yeah, they're definitely asking about if they can spot reduce fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this girl is like, I'm five foot five and 55 kg. Mm-hmm. I, I eat really clean and I run, but I'm not losing any weight. And all I really took in was you eat really clean and you run, but you're not losing weight. So I referenced the podcast I'd done on like healthy eating and fat loss. And then we must have been out for like an hour. And then someone wrote to me like, maybe she's not losing weight because she's five foot five and 55 kg. And I was like, oh, I was like, how did I just skip over that? I had to go back and delete it. But oh my God. It oh, really- I've done that. I've done that loads. I wouldn't worry about that. Like, I think that, yeah, I've definitely done literally the same thing. And been like, oh, yeah, you don't have much fat. But when someone comes to you and says, I have a fat loss goal, why am I not losing fat? It's like, well, it is because you're not in a deficit, but I just should have been in a deficit. Yeah, it was, I was just like, oh, shit, that's bad. And then someone else, and then someone asked about perimenopause, and I put up a clip of our menopause podcast. And then someone else went into my DMs and was like, in this clip, this is why I hate social media. This question is about perimenopause. But in the clip that you've posted, you're just talking about the menopause. It's not the same thing. And I was like, well, it is and it isn't. And also, fuck yeah. off. Your job's rough. <laughs> like, oh, do you know? On. I think with that, and I get it, because technically menopause is a timestamp point when you've not had a period for exactly one year. Before that, you're perimenopausal. After that, you're postmenopausal. But when you're like talking about the menopause, People kind of know that it's like the period around that one distinct point. It's in like time. an hour-long pod- podcast on the menopause. Perry, post, the whole thing. Get a fucking... You think that in like a 30-second clip I uploaded, like, it's on the menopause. Oh, for fuck, anyway. People. Um, just wondering about the impact of aging and weight gain slash loss. Can't find an evidence-based answer about how aging affects metabolism as opposed to not being as active. So there was really interesting research came out about this, what was like a year or two ago? Yeah, recent. That really showed that it's not so much aging that impacts your energy expenditure, but more so what comes along for most people with aging which is loss of muscle mass so your basal metabolic rate tends to reduce as you age but that can be directly attributed to the loss in muscle mass as you age so if you're here on the ec method that doesn't really apply to you because if you're resistance training you're not going to be losing muscle mass like the average person would and this is the problem with looking at average statistics and then being like this is what happens as you age. Here's all this data. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, if you're the average person, like like just by listening to this podcast, you're not the average person. Anyone yeah. listening to this is doing way more than the average person in the UK when it comes to their health and fitness. Yeah. So those stats don't apply to you, but I think the problem is you hear them and then it's a bit of fear mongering of, oh my God, if, that, if that's what happens as you age, there's nothing I can do about it. Rather than if this, this is what will happen if you age, if you act like the average person and you're not active and you don't make changes in your diet and you don't eat enough protein and you don't resistance train. Yeah, nothing to add. Can chance just saying, why are people so fucking pedantic? Bore the fuck off. So boring. So boring. <laughs> oh. Is that it? Is that all we've got on the live? Um, a couple of people congratulating me for watching TV. Thank you, everyone um jilly hello thank you for your company i'm bored on the treadmill um geo in the junk miles i think getting in the junk miles i don't know um yeah also i rediscovered chai tea or chai latte this weekend and then kanchan was very upset because i tried to make it with biscuit tea so i I think I overdid it and I went for a phase where I became obsessed with it and now I can't 
Um, I actually already ruined it for myself because I got one at Starbucks. I actually thought I might be sick because I was like, oh, well, you know, it's not that. It was so sweet. I've ne- I, I was the most sickly thing. And I like sweet, like I'll put sweeteners in, like I like sweet things, but that was horrendous. Do yeah, not Starbucks have a way of ruining things. God, it was so bad. Starbucks used to do this like amazing cake. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It was like a, a plain sponge with like a layer of jam over the top and then like a layer of coconut over that. It was, oh my God. I used to bunk off school. <laughs> Go to Starbucks, get a spice of this cake and go to the cinema. (laughs) What, so you left school to get a piece of cake and go to cinema? All the time. But it kind of worked out because I ended up going to Leeds studying film and English literature. And now I would always bunk off school to read or watch a film, so. (laughs) Oh, well, fair. That did work out. Um, Oh, gosh, Emma, I'm so sorry. She says her six her six-year-old is listening and heard the word fuck and just asked, which one is the sweary lady? And she's like, how do I tell them it's all of us? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Emma. Well, oh. I had like a really important big meeting today, which I looked like this for. And also I just like swore my whole way through and at the end of it, my producer, Adam, was like, I really don't think they knew what to do when you said the F word like four times in one sentence. I was like, oops. Sorry, I'm very passionate. <laughs> um, okay. Right, I think we're, yeah, we're we're basically up to date. Yeah. Okay, well, pile in, guys, because we love hearing from you. And now I'll go to the questions. Oh, my God, did you see the question about um, orgasms on the page? No. Okay, right. Well, you are tagged in it, I think. Anyway, we know what's happening with the tags. Someone asked a question. They were essentially like, I really struggle to orgasm. I'm single at the moment. Does anyone have any tips? And then she was like, you're welcome to talk about this on the live. (laughs) I want to ask a few questions about stuff, certain medications Mm. um, that could be affecting that which would actually be ironically quite private. Uh, <laughs> I'd want to know that first. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that's a really good point, knowing that certain medications. The other thing I'd say is that a lot of women don't orgasm, but like have seen maybe on porn or something like unrealistic expectations of like literally a dick touches you and you're like, oh, nothing angers me more when then those girls are have have being had sex with in a way that there's no fucking way in hell they're gonna orgasm and then they just start screaming and faking it at the top of their lungs and as a female viewer you're like well I know you're faking it so this isn't turning me on so now I need to go find another thing so really bad oh, I need to scroll back down for now. now I need to go back into my search and do something that I know is going to be real which by the way is why lesbian porn is the most straight is the most watched porn amongst straight women because these bitches are doing it properly I do have to, I don't know if I want to say it all on the podcast but I can definitely help you not like physically like I'll <laughs> come round do you know what I will say that like doing it yourself is like I think it's hard to orgasm with a partner if you don't know what you like yourself or what's going to make you orgasm yourself and then maybe do it with your partner but and and then the other thing to say is that sometimes like if because she said that she was single if you're single sometimes you you're not like having frequent enough sex with someone for the to feel like comfortable enough to tell them what you want to then why laughing just thinking about stuff. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my own <laughs> life right now. Maybe you need to be having conversations. I don't know. Maybe you need to spark it. You know, reach out to someone you want to bang and mm. do something <laughs> shameless and see what happens. Or sleep with a girl. <laughs> or I'm just saying it is much more likely to happen. What are the stats around, like, what's the orgasm gap stat again? I don't know. This is just honestly making me laugh so much. <laughs> um, 
Depending on the context of heterosexual sex, e.g. type and duration of relationship, location of sex, sexual activity, the size of the orgasm gaps varies between 20% and 72% to the disadvantage of women. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 10 population representative survey yielded a weighted mean orgasm gap of 30%. Um, Yeah. I think the longer the the longer uh, that you're in a relationship for the easier and easier and easier it becomes to make each other orgasm which is funny because the less and less you want to have sex with each other but yeah the beginning of a relationship I don't think I've ever orgasmed at the beginning of a relationship for like months it takes me ages to like bed into it yeah and then I guess like just from the question as well like don't feel like I don't know you're doing something wrong because that doesn't happen or like sex doesn't count if you don't have an orgasm or anything like that because that isn't actually by that statistic especially in heterosexual relationships probably isn't the point and also there's no way in hell you're not going to come if you don't buy a fucking amazing vibrator like mm. use your imagination get a really good vibrator and off you trot actually i saw a really good one advertised on instagram have you seen this at the moment all the meme pages like promoting all these sex toys someone replied on that thread being like get uh some suction thing i don't know if it's the same one it's the most it looks amazing but what they've done is it's like so extreme i'm like as if this is just on social media they've got like the fake anatomy of like you know the thighs vagina buttocks hips and like lower stomach of a female and then they've got this like sex toy. It looks ridiculously good, but I just don't know if I can bring myself to buy a sex toy off Instagram. Love Honey messaged me today asking for a collab. Do it, Emma. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, Sarah Lynn, just want to brag that I'm on a walk 10 weeks post-op um, and I'm cleared for short walks, doing what I can. Love that, great mindset. Another excellent story from that book that I was talking about last time is Roger Federer. And it hit home for me because back injury. But his whole story is like, basically he learned how to play tennis in a slightly different way. And the the tennis game that he played as a young athlete before his back injury isn't the same as the game that he plays now because he had to basically learn how to play within his constraints. I was like, love that. Love that for you, Roger Federer. Um, I never got the Roger Federer thing. Everyone fancies him and I just don't. It's maybe the success part. Yeah, maybe it's just I don't care about tennis. That probably is why. Mm. Um, Victoria, and those women are all still wearing underwire bras all the way through as if. What were what we talking about? Oh, porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, remember when you were younger and you used to have sex in really over-the-top underwear? <laughs> Maybe. You know what? There's nothing. There's actually, like, that happened to me recently. There's nothing more. Cr- I, I think it's really cringe now. I, I completely grew out of it. I'm, like, like walking out, like, in heel. I just know. But I loved it when I was younger. I was all I about didn't really it. know what to do. I was like. <laughs> Can we take it all off? Can we get comfy? Yeah. <laughs> Take that off. Oh, that was a nice flashback. Um, <clears throat> wait, like it was a nice flashback, or like, no, I mean, now I'm confused. No, it was just I just found it really awkward. It's awkward. It doesn't make any sense. It, I don't I mean, think there's so much effort's been put in that you need to be like. And the thing is, it kind of works. Like in photos, like I follow a couple of girls on Instagram who are just like the fittest things in the world that just pose in, in lingerie and bikinis and naked. And I love following them because they are just like, they are really something to see. But I mean, when you're actually alone in a house, slash a rooms, like a hotel room, and then someone like comes out of somewhere or like reveals themselves that I agree. It's too much of a, sh- it's too performative. Oh, don't. It's, it's reliving my ick. <laughs> okay, fine. Carry on. Oh, I think I know what the, the yeah. Anyway, okay, go on. Yeah, you do know what. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kanchan, tailing off. Do you not think there's still massive taboo against women exploring themselves? Yeah, 
Yeah, even I, me of all people, even I just felt really like, oh, what can I say? What can't I say? And it's like, we all have vaginas. We all like to have orgasms. We're all here because our parents had sex. But I'm still just like, mm. oh, I, I would love, I don't know, something kind of stops me. Yeah, it is interesting. Hmm. Sarah Lynn's just saying that she loves being married to a woman. Um, Jenny just joined the live. Well, welcome. Um, okay. I have a question. <laughs> I love how quickly this moves. I have a bad wrist that flares up every once in a while. I've already consulted the orthopedic surgeon and I'm okay to work out. However, when it flares up, it does hurt to bend back. Do you have suggestions for a wrist brace or something of the kind to support during workouts? I would, yeah. Yeah, we don't have any specific recommendations because I don't think either of us have ever had this issue. But yes, that will help. And we, you can always do things with like a neutral grip as opposed to a... But yeah, I would wear a wrist support. Even sometimes it just reminds you to like brace the wrist, you know? Yeah. Um, Sarah I now realize I wasn't training to failure when I started the new workouts with the drop sets in thank you Emma getting so much more from the training yeah drop sets are pretty spicy um Susie Yule afternoon from the Christmas log (laughs) (laughs) very good (laughs) at what point do we get info about signing up for the next program um probably end of towards the end of this week yeah Sooner rather than later, we like to do it all as quickly. Okay, well then, towards the start of this week, we'll get that. We um, Emma, we start on the second week of January, right? The eighth. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, Heather, I have lower back pain, possibly cancer related, as I have stage four breast cancer. Currently having tests and scans, and we'll see the oncologist later this month. Anyway, two questions. What home weights can I do that won't hurt my back? E.g., do I just do upper body but sitting down? And secondly, the painkillers that I'm on are suppressing my appetite. How should I manage my calorie intake as some days I will struggle to eat 1,800 calories? So, yeah, I think you've already nailed it. I wouldn't do lower body and I would do seated upper body if that's what you have to do. It would be great if you could get into a gym because you could do a lot more. Um, But if you can't, you can't. Um, if you can get into a gym, well, just a quick note, if you are going into a gym and you're having treatment at the moment, just be so like, wash everything, wash your hands after, wash your hands before. Like the last thing we want is you to miss treatments because the gym's dirty. So, and it's not to say you can't go to gym, but just be like, uber careful. Yeah. Here, here. Um, I would also say re-getting in your, your food, really focus on protein and fiber something that would be really easy for you to get down would be like a whey protein shake for example if you're really not hungry and you can't face a big meal um and in terms of fiber just go for the really um non-starchy veg options like typically like your salad veg your mediterranean veg peppers mushrooms onions um just you can just do like a really a really simple salad let's just say um but it is important especially given what's happening with your body right now that you do try and do that it will stand you in good stead wait were you talking about bulking out meals no i'm trying to figure out how we can get her to have some nutrition in her diet without her sitting down and having like a bowl of spaghetti bolognese you know what i mean Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i think if and also do reach out if you're really struggling to get in enough calories because now and again and these would be like extreme cases probably not for everyone but might be right for you at the time like liquid calories how yeah. we can get in more calories for you so that you're you know fit as fit and healthy as you possibly can be to fight this thing um if you are struggling with calories just reach out to us tag us yeah okay okay oh for god's sake oh i did it jilly nail Hi, ladies. I'm not sure if I'm being a complete plum here, but at my gym, I have two different types of leg press. One is where you're almost lying down at an angle, and the other is more when you're sitting up. On the lying down one, I can get up to 195 kg for 12 reps. That's better than my PB, and I was really proud of my PB. Damn it. (laughs) Okay. But on the seated one, I can barely hit 73 kg. 
I'm really surprised at the difference. Is there one that's superior to the other? Yes, the former, the one that you're already smashing. Is yeah. It supposed, yeah. Is it supposed to be harder? I always try and use the same lying down one, but when it's being used, I have to do the lower weighted one. Thank you. It's harder because you're recruiting less muscle groups, basically. Um, whereas when you're at an angle, you're recruiting pretty much your whole lower body, really. Um, Emma, thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just a different angle. I also just think the way that those machines are set up, like it's just hard to lift heavy on them. Yeah. Uh, Tina Richardson, how do we sign up for January? We have done that. Kiara Joe Talarico. I feel like oh. we've done this name before. Kiara Joe Talarico. Can muscle inflammation occur after a long run? Yes. I was surprised to see the number on the scale up half a kilo despite having run 18 K, 18 K the day before and having an impeccable diet. I wasn't on my period either. It could have been any number of things, but the answer is yeah. 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 Any, this is such a good thing to remind yourself of any short term fluctuations on the scales are not representative of changes in body composition. They cannot be. You don't put on muscle overnight. You don't lose muscle overnight. You don't put on fat overnight. You don't lose it overnight. So anything short term, Chloe and I won't even be fussed about. That's why we're like, yeah, it might be. It might be anything. Could be like, who cares? If it was like, oh, consistently over a month, I'm a kilogram up. Then we're like, okay, well, you, something has changed there, right? Yeah. But if it's like, oh, I had a big weekend and now I weigh a bit more, it's not fat. Some of it might be if you've been in the surplus, but certainly not all fat. And that any short-term fluctuation on the scales, we just don't care about because it's not predictive of changes in body composition. Yeah. She also says, when do you know it's time to change up your routine? I'm doing kettlebells for upper body and lower body. I love it so far, but when should I change my workouts? When I'm tired of what I'm doing or after a specific period? Um, I would say every three to six months well I would say mm, yeah every six months probably and when I say switch up I don't mean like you have to change every exercise or everything you just maybe start to look at different um like exercise alternatives to the thing you're currently doing so say you're doing a standard back squat would it be good if you did I don't know a sumo squat and say you're doing like a standard deadlift maybe try out some RDLs um conventional I should say sorry um and yeah also if you get bored I would rather that you were doing dumbbell workouts for home weighted workouts than a kettlebell workout, if I'm honest. But that's just me being pernickety. Is it pernickety or finickety? Pernickety. Pernickety. I agree. Okay. Anything on the live? Elizabeth's just asking, I'm always confused. Emma reads the questions that pop up on the live and Chloe reads what? The questions on the Q&A post. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how we roll. It's how we roll. Uh, okay. Again, I still don't know how to say this. Edel or Adele. Hey, girls. I posted a week or two ago and it didn't get answered. So I'm posting it again now in case it got missed. This really annoys me. That when... Oh, not... see, I think what she means is she posted it on the Q&A thread. Oh, okay, fine. We just... As like a bit of admin as well, if you want a response from us, tag us. We'd normally get back to you within hours. Yeah max a day um if if you're like oh this is a great point to discuss on the live or i want to hear like a bit more context to it post it on the q a thread but if i see that there's a post on the q a thread i'll just wait to answer it on like we'll, we'll answer it on the live not in the group so if you want a quick answer tag us yeah i have an event coming up <laughs> yeah my brothers do this 12 pubs of Christmas. Yes, 12. It's an Irish tradition where you go to 12 different pubs over the course of a day, have a drink in each and follow a different rule for each. E.g. drink with your non-dominant hand. That's shit. No, let's spin that one and choose a better one. <laughs> choose a better right, one. But drinking with your non-dominant hand isn't that hard. Or is it that every time you reach for it with your dominant hand, you have to, you have to do a shot or something? Yeah, maybe. Or speak with an accent, etc. <laughs> Which accent would you choose, Emma? Scottish. I. I. I don't know. I'm not that good at them. 
I think I would do South African. I love South African. I'd, I'd probably do Irish because I just really enjoy it. I'm not good at it, though. Irish boys talk to me, and I swear to God, my knickers just fall off. I am like, this accent, is it, is it not a joke? Oh, do you know what? I just absolutely love some of the sayings. Like what? For the crack? Like, like yeah. I don't love... I don't love what's the crack because I don't know how to reply to it. When someone's like, oh, what's the crack? I'm like, um, <laughs> I don't not really sure what the <laughs> You tell me. I love it. I also, you know what? I also love Northern Irish because, you know, like I say, people are like, yeah, but not Northern Irish. I'm like, no, I actually think I prefer it. Yeah. Say, yeah. How do they say now? I can't do it when they say now. I. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's the fittest thing in the world. Oh, anyway. Let's move yeah. on. My head's just going in. Now I can't remember. There's one that I like specifically love. It'll come yeah. to me. You like the Scouse accent? Oh, yeah. I'm great at the Scouse accent, obviously. James always used to tell me that he loved girls with Australian accents. Which I don't really get. I don't find the Aussie accent remotely attractive. Sorry to all the Aussies. It's like the, the blonde, tanned. You Aussie. get it. I just get it. Mm. Anyway. I like it. Yeah. Mm. All okay. right. Anything else in the live? No. Oh, fuck. We didn't even get to the end of the question. Anyway. <laughs> Classic us. Right, sorry. Speak with an accent, etc. If you break a rule, you have to take a shot. Well done, Emma. The sober one got it right. As fun as this is, it's a lot of calories. What do you suggest? Thanks. Literally nothing. I mean, it's you you fucked to re-calories either way. So just go and enjoy it and um make but sure you question would be make a plan for the next day. Yes. Because actually, you know what? Even one really heavy night out like this with eating and drinking and doing shots, whatever, don't even think about trying to track it on my fitness pal or something. But if that's like one of your puck yeses this Christmas season, it's going to be amazing. You're going to make loads of memories. Fine. Get back on track the next day. That's the goal. Rather than let it be like a hangover day and then another day and then you feel like shit because you think you've undone your hard work. So for the rest of the week, you don't do anything. And then you're like, well... Christmas in a week, may as well not get back on track until then. And then before you know it, like three weeks off track has happened and you start January feeling like shit. That's what we want to avoid. I would maybe do it the day after the day after. Because the day after you're going to be... One thing I would say, stick to the same drink, number one. So if you're drinking vodka and tonic, do a shot of vodka. The second thing I would say is, this can't really apply with wine, but that would be my one. I was actually doing an interview about this today. I'm just going to come across like a raging alcoholic, which I am, so it's fine. But everybody has a bag with your own wine in it. And then... I don't know if you know about box wine. Um, (laughs) No, listen, everybody metabolizes alcohol, different alcohol differently. So there are some things, like I was telling Emma before I came on, like red wine, whiskey, which my body the next day, fuck me, do I know, even just with one. Like I get a raging hangover off one whiskey, one glass of red, it's awful. But I can sink a bottle of rosé and not have a hangover the next day. And also like, yeah, <laughs> how cool am I? Um, same with white wine, exactly the same with white wine. Um, and there are different spirits, like I say, that do it differently. But we're all different and it, it really, it comes back to our geographical bloodline. Um, and so I would say stick to the one alcohol that you know, you're not gonna be fucked in the morning. And by the way, tequila is a good one for this, but I mean, good tequila, really good quality tequila. And that's gonna cost you a pretty penny if you're doing 12 pubs, so maybe not, but yeah. Yeah, you have to do a shop. No, sorry, I won't do that. Sorry, it needs to be the good tequila only. I mean, there is some tequila. Once, I think once for Christmas, I got James a tequila that was like 300 quid. There are some baller tequilas out there. Yeah. Okay, Jenny's just saying, can I do a live shout out to our little American crew? Such a supportive and helpful mini group, especially with the time difference with everyone else. Oh, I love that. Anyone listening thinking of joining for America? You sorted. Um, Elizabeth. Oh, Chloe, I was cleaning out my bookshop. Do you think Elizabeth is Welsh? Oh, Chloe. No. Um, oh, that. 
happened? Isn't that what they always said in Gavin and Stacey? Oh, Gwen. What's the Karen? Well, I oh. went to the party and Robert De Niro was there. <laughs> right, I was cleaning up my bookshelf and found my printouts from your 12-week body transformation plan from your website. I think it was still fitness fondue back then. I had forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Made me smile. Someone came up to me recently and said they still had a plan that they've downloaded off my website. And they said they've been doing this for like 15 years or something like that. And they said still to this day, it's the most comprehensive plan they ever downloaded. And I was partly proud of myself because I was like, go me. And I was partly like, doesn't need to be that comprehensive to be honest. <laughs> there you go though. Yeah, pretty good though. Um, okay, Bev, hi. I have some three kilogram, five kilogram dumbbells and one four kilogram kettlebell what can I add to help boost home workouts I would get a couple of heavier dumbbells a couple of pairs so maybe a couple of 15s um to do lower body with and maybe um so that lower body and, and like and pull like bent over rows you could do with the 15s I'm trying to think what else might be good for you. You can pretty much with fives, you can do some good upper body. Yeah, get a get a pair of 15s, I'd say. Okay. Um, Kelly, good morning from Minnesota. Minnesota. I was wondering about my step count. The first week I hit 10,000 steps every day. The second and third week I averaged 8,500. I'm on... 1800 calories should I drop my calories until I can manage 10,000 steps more consistently um I would give yourself a range target of 1600 to 1800 if you want to speed up fat loss go to the lower end of that target but just be sensible with yourself about consistency because no point us being like yeah go for 1600 calories and you can't be consistent and you're coming into December there's more social events there's more yummy food around it's cold outside, it's dark, blah, blah, blah. Just be realistic with yourself. So that's why we want the range there. So you're not like, oh, I've gone over my calories. I'll just continue to overeat. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would also say, let's just see. Let's see what happens. You might be fine. I mean, I'm happy with it from a health perspective, but let's just see what happens. And And, and question if there's a way you can get your activity up in some way, shape or form. Yeah, even if it's a bit of cardio. Yeah. Because you're not far off, but would be good to get that up a little bit. Okay, Emma. Hi, ladies. I am finding my ability to deadlift varies wildly. One week, I can do it no problem. And then the next, my back says no dice, and I struggle to do half the weight of the previous week. Are there any things that, I, that can impact this, or is it just me slash old lady? It's form, and it sounds to me like you're lifting too heavy. If it's if it's happening every other week, you go really heavy and then it's you're you're in hell and you can't do that again. So you go lighter and then it happens again. It looks like there's a pattern and it's that you're going too heavy. But I would like to see a form video regardless. Yeah, I agree. Let's look at form. Um, Sasha. Hi, Chloe and Emma. I have a question about set point theory. For the last four years of on slash off tracking and training, my weight pretty much has always been. 150 to 158 pounds I'm 42 and I'm 181 centimeters tall um, oh. I'm currently 150 and I would like to see if I can finally lose that bit more stubborn um last bit uh last bit of stubborn belly fat before menopause comes along and makes it even harder I'm not sure I'll get that low on the scale before deciding it's not worth it but I worry that whatever weight I get to, my body will just find its way back um, once I come up to maintenance. I know it's all about my behaviors after diet and that my maintenance may be smaller uh, that it, than it has been in the past, but I don't want to be so much lower that I still feel like I want to diet even when I'm maintaining. Well, first of all, that's quite a big fluctuation for a set point eight eight pounds isn't what i would call a set point second of all it sounds to me like you say that you come you, you come in and out of tracking and da, 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 da. 
sounds to me like maybe you lose this eight pounds. And then again, judging from the whole tone of your question, comment, you're like, actually, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You come away from it again and then you go back up again. Would you lose that belly fat if you squeezed and squeezed and squeezed? Yeah. But what's the cost benefit? At what are you sacrificing for your life? Because it sounds to me you don't want to go that far with it. Um, Emma, do you want to pick up from there and then also cover the maintenance going mm-hmm. forward? With it? I Like, this isn't really about set point. Um, mm-hmm. it, the relation to set point is your behaviours. Mm-hmm. And that's because you tend to come back to gravitating to live a life that you generally enjoy, which will probably include eating a certain amount, moving a certain amount, like and it's the habits that you're doing that are bringing you back to that set point as opposed to your body not being able to lose weight after a certain point now what you will find is that and you you kind of know this I'm just kind of talking you through it because the rest of the question alludes to that what you do know is that once you drop lower and lower and you have less and less body fat to lose your body will start to fight back now when some people hear that they're like oh my body starts storing calories I haven't even consumed no what happens is your drive to hunger increases because your brain's like, there's not much body fat here. Thus, I'm going to try and store more energy by making you more hungry. And I'm going to try and preserve the energy that you already have by reducing your drive to move. So maybe making you a bit more lethargic, making you less likely to, to spontaneously do activity like neat or even just fidget, right? So that all these like small adaptations happen. If you're still in a deficit, you'll still lose weight what's really happening is it's now harder for you to be in a deficit. And as you've said, it might not be worth it for you, but there's nothing to like, there's no like set point that is stopping you push past that. Otherwise people wouldn't starve. Like it's just that it becomes harder because your body's like pushing back essentially with an increased drive to eat and a reduced drive to move. Yep. Perfecto. Um, Okay, Sam. Hi, ladies. I have been obsessed with your podcast and it's definitely helped my mindset. I now no longer obsess over weight loss, even though I know my approx... Uh, sorry, I have approximately 10 kilograms to lose. Um, I know I'm in it for the long haul and my mindset has shifted towards being in this for health and strength benefits for the rest of my life. Weight loss is just part of that. Love that. How do I know my body type and is it important for long-term training and health goals? I think I'm miser more as I have strong muscly legs and pretty much rubbish upper body. Would love to change this. Are there specific training plans for different body types? Um, no, because we want all of you to train your body evenly, regardless of your body type. Um, and the same rules apply for everybody, refat loss and muscle building in terms of diet. Um, so there's that. However, there is also such a thing as poaching, which is why you have Emma and I. So if you're like, look, I have really muscly legs and I'd actually like to balance out a bit on my upper body sweet, we would just reduce your lower body volume in the week um, uh, at the expense of, or sorry, no, <laughs> the opposite, in favor of doing more upper body to try and get you that balance. Um, it doesn't really matter what body type you have. You know, we talk, actually, this is in the podcast Emma and I did on the menopause. We talk about kind of the apple shape, which is storing more body fat around the middle, which is metabolically the most hairy situation for you. Um, but it doesn't, it's not all, you know, it's not necessarily indicative of, of bad health. It well, it is, but you know, we all do store body fat differently. Um, it sounds like you've got a similar body type to me, and I would classify myself as a mesomorph. I always say mesomorph. Um, <clears throat> but but I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter, like. No, like it doesn't really make that much difference. And no one is like distinctly a mesomorph or an endomorph or an ectomorph. You might just kind of sway more towards that body type, but it's not necessarily that you would need to do anything different given that. And a lot of people will sway between things. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen people who used to look like endomorphs now look like ectomorphs. So, yeah. I wouldn't don't like categorize yourself in that and then think that you can't change because you can. Um, did you see Dr. Mike's post the other day of his drunk friend? I saw it, but I didn't actually watch it. What was it? It's very funny. 
it's actually the funniest in the beginning because it's just completely nonsensical. But then, like, when she's so demonstratively drunk, it's still really funny. But it's the beginning, which is the funniest bit. You're just, you're just like, what am I even watching? Is she drunk? Like, what's happening? So funny. He's such a good friend. He went and picked her up from the train station, drove her to McDonald's, <laughs> drove her home. Oh, what a good friend. Um, I know her. She's really funny. Shocking. She's she's a rugby girl. She's beautiful. I wish I had skin like that. Yeah, she's very pretty. Um, okay, right. Let me get back to. I hope everyone's looking forward to their 5pm appearance of my crackhead leprechaun, who I'm sure will be here within the next five minutes. Uh, Hi, ladies. Currently lying on the couch feeling sorry for myself after a stomach bug this weekend. I have a question re-muscle building. Realistically, how much muscle can you build in six months? The reason I ask is I am about a stone up on the scales uh, compared to my wedding weight in February, but most of my clothes now fit and my body looks massively different to how I looked at this weight last year i have been consistently weight training three times per week since february so i was wondering if it could be that the scale weight could be a bit of a curveball and i might be best not to focus on the scales so she's been consistently lifting three times a week since february 2023 yeah okay i uh it's it's absolutely possible that you've gained i mean yeah, that you've gained a significant amount of muscle mass because A, you're new to lifting. So that works in your favor. B, you've been lifting regularly for months. So that works in your favor. Um, The rate at which we all gain muscle is not only dependent on whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, which is, you know, very telling, but it is also genetic. Some people like Emma and I've had three clients who we'd classify as hyper-responders on the EC method who... (laughs) look kind of quote unquote normal isn't you know like just a normal female body and within two rounds of the EC method they look like physique athletes it's nuts and they're not on anything and it's like wow and like four years thousands of clients three people we've had like that it's possible that that's you it sounds to me like you've achieved some really um impressive body um body recomp and you should be really proud of yourself yeah Uh, what I would add to that as well is it almost doesn't matter from like from reading that, like yeah, it's absolutely possible. But I mean, the reality is, you look better, you feel better, your clothes fit better. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like if and if you're like, oh, should I maybe not focus on the scales? One hundred percent, don't focus on scales. If you're like, I feel look and perform better than I did last year, but I weigh a bit more. Like literally, what? Why did you want to lose weight? Most people, realistically, it's because they want to look feel and perform better now you've got the outcome of that so why are you worried about like one of the many markers that we might use to make sure that you're going in the right direction okay we're up to date on the live pippa rogers i really like the name pippa it's nice isn't it Mm. What are the pros and cons, if any, of doing body part splits versus push-pull? This is my third round of the EC method, and the first round I did, the gym workouts and push-pull legs. The second round, I was doing upper body and lower body. Just curious to know if either type of program is more effective in any regard. I, I personally like to program, depending on how many times a week somebody can train, it's a very smart thing to do when we're, when you're doing group coaching to do push-pull splits, because... That will literally, if you can train twice a week or six times a week, you can just alternate and it's it works for everyone. So uh, Emma, do you want, you do the gym workout. Do you want to talk about why? If I'm totally honest, the reason I change from push-pull legs sometimes to upper body, lower body is just to change it up a little bit. I think one of the things that's so underrated about programming is keeping things exciting. Yeah. If you're if you're like oh my god another push pull leg split like it's just the same as what we were doing before like the impact that just putting in some drop sets for people it's had in terms yeah. of them like, oh actually I am pushing myself or I am quite excited to go in and see what I can do this week and I know that it's going to be a bit of a challenge sometimes you need to change program because psychologically you need something a little bit different um in terms of like actually if you took apart all of the sessions and you looked at 
how much you're doing um, exercises for each movement and even the type of exercises that you're doing the program itself probably isn't that different because the basics are the basics because they work um but sometimes I'll split it up slightly differently yeah I think in January I'm going to switch from push pull home workouts it's very hard with home workouts especially pull yeah I mean I'm cycling what like eight different workouts I don't even know whatever I can't be bothered to do the mental arithmetic behind it but um it's very hard to do it at home with home weights that you know can apply to everybody and that's effective but like I completely agree with Emma I've seen how even her just throwing in some drop sets has like ignited everybody and I want to do something I want to just basically switch up for the next round in January for the same reason so I need to figure out how best to do that but that's my job um Kerry half marathon training commences this week oh push pull legs two short runs one long one you know me is this too much or do I need do I need more manageable chunks um two short one long sounds fine yeah and then push pull legs yeah I think that's all right yeah I do too try it for two weeks and then like get back to us if you don't feel like you're recovering very well I would do the push and are you doing, I mean, I carry, do you want to tag us? I'd like to know what, how you're planning to split this throughout the week. Cause I'd like to program you to try and help you with recovery with regard to the long run and the legs. Good. Okay. All right. Where should we go? Oh no, hang on. Wait, sorry. Pippa, let's just finish Pippa. She's got a second part of the question. Is there a benefit to having a wider or narrower stance squat? Does a different stance better target certain muscles or is it just about finding a stance that works with your biomechanics to allow for maximum depth? Really, it's whatever feels more comfortable to you. They'll have slight differences, but not in the same way that it's like, this is now going to take everything off your quads and put it on your glutes. Like slight differences, but really it's about what you feel more comfortable. As long as both your feet are mirrored, like in the same position, we're happy. Yeah, I think that's such a good point as well, because some people would be like, this is the perfect squat. And it's like, yeah, for that person, given how long their femurs are and given this angle and blah, blah, blah. But it might not look like that for you. So that part of it is there are basics of like safe squatting and good form, but the exact like stance and things will look slightly different for you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, we are back on Thursday at four and we will see you all then.